Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. Hello and welcome to the Throw In Independent.ie's GA podcast. I'm Will Slattery, and on this week's episode, I chatted to Joe Brawley about his post apocalyptic vision for the GA in 30 years' time. Well, it's coming for us, you know. That's <laughs> what happens. Because in the end, if you leave a vacuum, you know, capitalism comes into that vacuum, and we see it happening already, you know, a slow corporate takeover of the upper levels of the GA in a and, you know, it's, it's becoming entrenched. You see it every day. Sky TV, you know, uh, that's now becoming normalized. So we're in a process of normalization now, where the GA will say in five years' time, well, I mean, Sky has been with us for nine years. What's the big deal? You know, they're going to get 50% of the Super 8 games. And what happens all the time is that see, the GA is supposed to be a shared journey. We all own the GA, you know. And I mean, you look at the kick-up that's been going on over the last six weeks, eight weeks, as people have realised how many games are exclusively on Sky and that they're not able to see them, mm. particularly elderly people and all of that. And we know from the figures how many people are just shut out from the view. And um, the GAA leaders are saying, well, I mean, they, they, sound like, they sound like the CEO of a merchant bank. So is it simply a Sky yeah. issue for you? That if the, if the games no, were on, no, no, weren't no, on Sky. That's only that's only that's only symptomatic of the problem. And you see it, for example, you know that um, we're quite happy to have a rock concert the week before a big game. Never mind that the players are slipping all over the pitch. You know, we're quite happy to have American football in Croke Park so that the All Ireland semi final replay has to be played in the Gaelic grounds. These are the priorities now, and increasingly, in, sorry, increasingly they are the priorities, and. You know, we've now got a situation where, I mean, we know, I mean, all managers are now paid. I mean, there are advertisements for managers now in newspapers advertising their salary. <laughs> and, you know, and increasingly, you know, you're looking at a very corporatized player's body, you know, which is unprecedented in any amateur sport. But Joe, you do a lot of underage coaching. Does the money not filter down to grassroots? Like, do you not see the benefit of that when you go to all these clubs not, for these fundraisers? Not, 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 not sort of. Not. I mean, it's all self-help. You see, the point about it is the point of the DA really works is at club level. You know, it's all self-help there, and 
you know, clubs have all brilliant facilities, etc. The vast majority of the big money that goes in at central level, it comes out and goes on things like the DPA. Now, of course, they have a huge whack of it. I mean, their 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 funding now is enormous. Uh, so they have a very very significant portion of it, and you've got the paid coaches. So you've got a whole flotilla of paid coaches, um, and you've got big infrastructural projects like Park Kiev, etc. And that soaks up the vast majority of the money, mm. you know. And I suppose uh, you know, that as this process advances and as clubs get left behind, as we've seen, so the way that manifests itself is that county, the county game becomes the only thing that's important. That's the priority. Clubs are neither here nor there. Don't, don't worry that clubs haven't had championship matches since April in Cork, for example. You know, I was talking to Tony Davis last night, and he was saying like, the situation's absolutely appalling. And players are saying, well, what's the point in playing Gaelic games? And that's happening everywhere. It's happening in the County Derry. It's happening in Antrim. You know? I mean, people say, what's the point? You know, there are huge gaps between games. There's no regular fixtures. Um, and then we have a situation at Congress where it's, it's too uncomfortable for the delegates to recognise the Club Players Association. And there's a an ovation whenever Nicky Bennon announces that the motion to recognise him has been withdrawn. And so the clubs increasingly become an inconvenience in that. And it's not that it's not that people like Boric Duffy and Egan O'Farrell want that situation. They don't want they don't actually want that situation. But they don't know how to achieve it. Because we're so we're so now um indebted to big corporations. So what was That's the beginning? What, of, what was the beginning of the end, for, in your opinion? Then when did this start? I think that I think that the the real the time when it was critical, the time when it was all critical, was whenever Park Duffy was given the DG job over Pat Gilroy. You know, uh, you know, Pat would have changed how the GA was run. You know, he would have started to run it properly, like a like a like a corporate entity, but. But with idealism, you know, the GA's ideas at its core. And he would have, you know, you see Pat now, like he's, he's running a, he's, he bought a wee engineering company that's turning over a quarter of a billion a year. You know, that sort of thing. And what Pat would have done was he would have reduced the bureaucracy and it would have been run from the top by people who were strategists and visionaries, people of ability. But there still would have been um, there still would have been concerts in Croke Park and American football. You surely don't believe that that element oh, of it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Look, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, are we going to have an adult discussion here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Leninism. I'm talking about just uh, a situation like well, let's let's just rewind slightly. Whenever Peter Quinn came up with the idea of the new Croke Park and the new Croke Park was built, I mean, Peter obviously. Ron McQuinn, he was, the, he, was, he was the the financial advisor. He was the, the real brains behind that outfit, right, the Quinn conglomerate. And Peter, uh, the whole idea behind Crowbark was that was going to be, that was going to pay for our ideas. That was going to be the financial driver. We were going to build it for a song, which we did. You know, we were going to get a chunk of money from government, which we did, to do that. But like Case and Park. You know, which is going to be funded completely by government mm. in the north. But the whole idea was that that would pay for our ideas. So we wouldn't need to be going cap in hand to anybody. And the GAA would be the holy grail. That would be ethical 
Anybody who became a DA sponsor, they would be ethical because we would only make decisions based on our principles. Does that suit us? Is that in line with our principles? Is that in line with the shared journey of the GAA, with our community idealism? All those things. So it was set up perfectly. But of course, of course, if if there wasn't a long-term strategy after Peter Quinn went, and don't forget that Peter Quinn did strategies, that um, the, 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 the review, the, 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 the 2000 review, or maybe 2002, one of the most amazing documents, you should read it, I've got a copy of it. And it set out every aspect of what needed to be done over the next 25 years to secure the GA as a community organization. I mean, Peter Quinn wasn't a Leninist. I mean, those guys knew how to make money, and they knew the importance of making money. And GA clubs all over the country are expert at making money. You know, so that are nonsense, you know, that, oh, that if we didn't have corporate money, you know, you know, we're not, you know, we're not Luddites. So what then happened, of course, was that it went the wrong direction. That became highly corporatized, you know, the GPA then came into the vacuum that had been filled by Croke Park, hoping for the best in relation to county players, rather than, rather than doing that job properly. Because the balance had to be found there, because you couldn't, on the one hand, ask county players to play at a virtually professional level, and on the other hand, not look after them properly. You know, so there were all sorts of things that needed to be done that weren't done. But in that vacuum, we were left with a very lopsided association, which has become entirely elitist. Where, where um, the bottom line is. Are we making the money? And once we're making the money, we're happy. And you see someone like Peter McKenna, I mean, yeah, uh, it makes you feel queasy listening to him on the Pat Kenny show. It, it sounded like any other merchant banker contemptuously dismissing, you know, rural guilds and all the rest of us talking about, oh, so you can, so, I mean, surely they can afford Sky. And if they can't afford Sky, you know, can they not go and watch it in a pub? <laughs> well, it was interesting you know, that, but like and, a few pages away and, from your and, Sunday and, business and interview, there was an interview are, with Peter you know, McKenna. I, I must say, that's a huge turnoff for people. And, you know, uh, friends around and someone like Michael Dignan like that, someone who's like heart and soul, a Harlan guy, and speaks for the Harlan fraternity. And um, But it shows you the extent to which we've gone, so that two years before the sky deal, Part Duffin said, look, under no circumstances would be countenance pay-per-views. Apart from anything else, he said our membership would never countenance it. That's not what the GA is supposed to be. Within two years, what are we doing? And then, and then you know, all the spoofing starts. The reasons that the deal was done with Sky, all the spoofology starts, all oh, problems with TV3. And TV3 screaming, what are you talking about? We were prepared to match their offer. You know, so there was a deeper reason for getting Sky involved. There's a long-term corporate strategy. And now you see this too. And what, what Sky has done, it's like any of the other corporations who are now involved with the GA. They create a Sky Academy. They create Sky Ambassadors. They use top county players. Who's going to resist 20 grand a year to be a Sky Ambassador? You know, and it's brilliant PR for them. And slowly but surely, the infiltration process continues. And in the end, you know, we're in a situation of Congress where... Notwithstanding the fact that these delegates come from their counties and they know the deep ill will there is towards Sky and the fact that people want to watch these games, these big games at the height of the summer, they vote overwhelmingly to retain the Sky deal. Joe, if you were running so, the GA, what would be the first three things you would do to kind of change it back to what you think it should be? Thing, the first thing that I would do was that Congress would really become what it is already, a talking shop, that, that, the, that the whole structure would change so that we were run by a board. 
we would have a board of directors that could be that could be um, hired and sacked, depending on performance. You know, and that would be the starting point. You know, you would have a high-powered board of directors. You wouldn't you wouldn't have a situation where you know your director generals, for example, a school teacher. You would have someone of the right sort of credentials, and we've got thousands, tens of thousands in the GA. All the all the top people there are in their clubs. They don't want to go to the counties because they can see, you know, how dysfunctional they are. I mean, you should see the people who run the St. Bridget's Club. Like, they are the top, the cream of, you know, the brains, the best brains. They're all financiers, they're stockbrokers, they're consultants. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, none of them would go to Antrim. So Antrim's totally dysfunctional, the county board in Antrim. And so what you would do is you'd have a situation where you'd have a board of directors and they would run the GAA, in essence. They would have a free hand to run it, and they would be able to do things, you know, that are logical the way any other association does them. So you have a proper championship system. You would have a proper rest. You know, you'd have a proper off-season. You would have a much shorter county calendar. You know, you would look again at sponsorship and money, and that it has to be ethical. It has to be in line with, with, with what the GAA is about. You know, you would you would sort of all those big things, big things, fixtures, massive things, so that you'd have that proper club season. You give the you give the GA back to the clubs where it belongs. You'd have county football would be the icing on the cake, but like international soccer is, you know, you'd have a festival of county football during the summer for a couple of months. You'd be run off as a championship. You'd bring in all the money you would need, etc., etc., etc. You'd just recalibrate everything, and. Um, You'd start from there, and I have a. No, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a huge task. You know, we would just we would just become less cumbersome. We're now in a situation where very little can actually be done. Congress is a mess. You know, it's impossible really to do anything. The only person who's actually able to keep going on and doing everything that he needs to do is Peter McKenna. He's not a DA man at all. He's not from the DA background. He's not a club member. You know, and he does his job very well. He's the head of marketing. He's the, he's our guy. Yeah. And he, in effect, has become the leader of the GAA because the marketing division now drives the GAA. You know, Egan O'Fargo's reduced to shaking hands and hugging babies, etc. You know, I don't say that pejoratively. I mean that that's his role now. He's just an ambassador. I mean, part Park can't even get basic reforms through very basic things that everybody agrees are right you know, about fixtures, etc., etc. I mean, well, would you would you not consider getting together with people thing, like Park Gilroy and other kind well, of people like look, that look, and try that, to change that, things? That's, yeah, but all these things have been discussed. I mean, I met on many occasions with Egan Fargo before he was elected and suggested all sorts of things and had a blueprint for how the DA would work over the next twenty-five years. Um, suggested that I would sit on a group, you know, be very prepared to sit on a group, and uh, suggested a series of names, etc., etc., etc. And it was very open to the idea until he got elected. <laughs> and then he said to me, he said to me, whenever I met him, I was giving a speech up in Queens to the great and the good, and Egan was at it, you know, the chief constable and all that sort of thing. And afterwards, Egan came up and shook hands with me, and I said, look, I'm very keen to get going with this, you know, when I, you know, I'm keen to sit on this body and to sort of work. You know, I think it's the most important thing that we can do. You know, it would, it's, it's, it's now, it's now and ever. 
And he said to me, Jesus said, you said you're a fucking radical. <laughs> 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 That's ridiculous. Uh, but of course, well, radicalism, radicalism in the sense of, you know, a very stark departure from where we are at the minute, you know, putting the skids on and looking again at what the GA is, what it actually means to yep. people. What would be the second two things what, you what do? do we, what, do we, what do we want the GA to be over the next 25 years? What is the GA? You would canvas all sorts of opinion, you know, you say, you know, all those important issues. Instead of just, you know, Congress being fixated on things like the black card or, you know, minor things that are really of no importance. You know the big issues, you know, that are required to to to, to ensure the survival of the the last great community organisation in the world. And slowly but surely, you see it just being eaten away, and the old ties are being eaten away, and the younger people growing up are looking on the GA as something entirely different. You know, and uh, as participation levels slowly but surely start to drop off more and more, we become an audience sport, like any professional sport. And these things are all happening, and we all see them happening. So, Joe, what what are you going to do about it now? What could you do about it now to change things? Because you have obviously a lot of these ideas. Is there anything you can do? Well, I mean, I think that the next big hope would be the next election, the next selection for the director general. Now they ran a mile from Pat Gilroy. I think they just they thought they couldn't control him, and it was better to get an insider, get an administrator from the inside. You know, the DA is very good for administration, absolutely hopeless when it comes to strategy and vision. Now. If someone like John Coslow, who has proven himself as not just an administrator, but a strategist and a visionary, and look, make no mistake about it, what has happened in Dublin would never have happened without John Coslow being at the helm. A visionary, a tremendous GA man, a communitarian, but he also understands intimately how to get the right relationship with commerce. I mean, you look at the financial driver that Dublin GA is now. Look at the deals that they have done. Look at what Costlo has put in place around him. Structure, strategy. And yet, and yet, you look at the Dublin senior team. Not one person there, not one person involved in the backroom gets a penny for being involved. It's a cardinal principle. Pat Gilroy, Paul Caffrey before him, Tim Gavin, all the people around him, Gavin, Joe, all the rest of them, not a penny. Right? So they're doing things the right way, but they understand the relationship between commerce and and they understand how they encourage participation. Look at the clubs in Dublin now. Look at how well things are going in Dublin compared to the rest of the country. John Coslow. So that is an opportunity. The next, the next, whenever Paul Duffy steps down, instead of instead of an insider who, you know, continues that sort of culture of us languishing towards. The end of the GA, which is happening, there's no doubt that it's happening. You know, somebody like Costello there who can turn everything around, who put the right people in place, who knows how to get things done, who's a strategist, and who um, who change everything. You know, so, Pat Gilroy was a terrible, was an opportunity missed. You know, I'm, I still think it's retrievable. The reason I still think it's retrievable is because of the work that's been done at club level. Just all you've got to do is go around the clubs and see the massive enthusiasm, even in spite of all the odds at clubs and the massive amount of kids who are, who are, who are kept involved with the games and all of that. But what we need now is to get it right on the macro level because we've got, things are very good at the micro level, but, but they can't continue the way they are. Slowly but surely we're going to 
Yeah. yeah, just before I let you go, my last question is, like, if it goes down the same path it has been going down, what does the GA look like in 2050? Well, a really simple way to look at it is, see, sky is an important symbol of these things. Look what's happened to soccer in England, for example. So, the English national team has deteriorated worse and worse and worse and worse <coughs> because there's no participation. Participation has slumped. There's no interest in that because what has happened now is that money dominates. So the money all goes to the premiership. It comes from Sky. Sky are only interested in audience figures. Corporatization has meant that, you know, you bring in players from abroad. The only thing that's important is winning. There's no loyalty. There's no sense of community. There's nothing like that. Forget about all of that. So what you've got is audience. Uh, the, those at the top making a fortune. You've got elitism and audience. That's how it works out in the end. And below that, there's nothing. England have the worst, they have the lowest number of community pitches in, the, in Western Europe. The lowest number of community pitches. No, but it, could, it doesn't matter. They don't care about that because, because they've got a product that can be sold and they can bring in players from abroad and they can pay them 60, 70 million a year and um, they'll, get a, they'll get a full stadium every year. They'll get full sponsorship. You know, you'll get a, a spaghetti sponsor you'll get their you know their taxi sponsor you'll get their all their commercial partners as we're seeing with the GA now in GA get an official suit partner you know I mean soon we'll have an official colostomy bags partner or <laughs> an official stairlift partner just like the DPA and you think you see look at the message that the DPA sends out to county players you become a county player now and it's a sort of it's becoming an industry there's money for everything you know, you'll do an interview so long as you can be shown wearing the tracksuit of your sponsor and so long as you get 2,000 euros for doing it. You know, you'll go to a night, whereas it used to be that a county player would consider it a privilege to have been asked to go and present medals at a wee club. Well, you'll do it now if you get 2,000 euros and you've got to go through the agent. Yeah. You know, and all the time, the game and is, is being, you know, and you hear them openly now in Cook Park talking about the game as a product no longer our recreation or joy, you know, what binds us together. It's a product. All these things need to be looked at. You know, and we know that, and the people who love the GAA, the people who, you know, understand its importance, its vital importance in our society, see all that. But the people who are at the head of the GAA don't know how to turn things around. Just don't know how to do it. And increasingly, all they do is they speak the language of pounds and pence. Because it's easier to do it that way. And also, they don't get any criticism that way. They keep their sponsors happy. They keep the corporate world happy. You know, that's, that's just the, 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 the reality of it. See, what the GA should be, it should be the golden cow, the sacred cow for sponsors. You know, it should be the absolute charter mark of quality. And instead, we just, you know, whoever gives us the most money, that's fine. It's, not, it's going to be no time at all. No time at all before players are playing in Kentucky Fried Chicken Park and all that kind of thing. It's just, um, it's right. Don't, don't laugh. It's happened all over the country. You know, um, county grounds are now routinely named after sponsors, the Super Value Park or the McDonald's Park or the ESD Park, you know, and um, soon that's going to happen with uh, Coke Park. There's no reason that it won't. I mean, and I, I, I do know from inside sources that it's already been discussed. So, you know, don't, don't laugh. All these things are coming. 
10 years ago, nobody, I mean, if someone had said that Sky are going to have, of the last 15 football championship games, Sky are going to have exclusive rights to eight of them, you would have said, no way. There's no chance that that can happen. Isn't that right? Yeah, well, now, I, would, I would have known. And now, next year, absolutely right, and next year they've got a 50% of the Super 8 games. 50%? I'm telling you this. Five years down the line, when it comes up to the next day, Sky will get the lion's share and RTE will, reduce, will be reduced to a minority player. And 15, 20 years from now, it'll be like cricket. All the games will be on pay-per-view. And you can pay for it or not. And the GA leaders will wonder what the fuss ever was about this. All right, Joe. Thanks very much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. That's all we have time for in this week's episode of The Throw-In. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud or on independent.ie. We'll be back next Monday for a review of all the weekend's action. So until then, thanks for listening and goodbye.